It's so good to be with you guys. Um, such an honor. I just want to say, I do believe God has given me a word for this house today. Um, and I feel like before we get into what's in my notes, I just feel uh, led by the Spirit of God to encourage you and exhort you all and remind us all that God has room for everything we feel. It's not joy or sorrow. He is big enough. There's room for all of it. And sometimes it's the church's habit of saying, oh, well, you know, you got to paint a pretty picture on it that has made us be really emotionally dysfunctional and disconnected and disjointed. And when our faith, it's in those moments when we, when we feel like we have to compartmentalize and have everything be positive if we're talking about God and all the bad stuff. Well, oh, you know, don't think about that. Just focus on Jesus. God has room for it all. Because our faith is not meant to be compartmentalized because that's when our faith doesn't work when we get out there in the world and things happen that we didn't see coming. And so I just want to encourage you that um, this is not, I do have some funny things because I'm sometimes, I can't help it. I'm kind of, I like to be funny and I like to make people laugh. Um, and so I'm going to get into my notes here, but I want to um, encourage you that this is not like, well, stop feeling whatever kind of way because God has room for all of it. And this is the place for all of it. I've heard people apologize for, um, like, crying in church or being a, you know, oh, I'm a hot mess. And I'm like, honey, just the other day at my church, I was ministering to somebody. And um, it was after worship. I went to the ladies' room, and um, I heard someone just cry, sobbing in the stall. Well, you know I had to wait for her to come out. I'm like, honey, that, come on. And so, um, and she was like, I just didn't want to do this at church. I'm like, are you kidding? This is the place for that. This is the place. We should be bringing our messiest, right? Like, bring it. This is the house of God. This is um, where we meet the comforter. So let's just ask God for his words right now. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your omnipresence, your omnipotence, um, and your omniscience. God, thank you for um, leading us today. Holy Spirit, would you give us utterance? Would you give us your words? I pray that just the words that you have, just like those kids with their words in Mexico, Father, that just the words you have for every person here, that's what they would hear. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. So our message is All Things New today, um, and that was the title. I'm actually talking about like new wineskins and old wineskins, and, and I was going to like say new wines, but I just was drawn to this all things new idea. Plus, I thought if I called it new wineskins, you might be like, oh, I don't want to hear that. So, you know, <clears throat> because the truth of the matter is that new things are sometimes fun, but sometimes they're less fun, right? Um, you know, I, I met, I, I think uh, AJ mentioned, I met he and um, Jordan both online. I know these guys on Zoom from coach training. And so, you know, we've all experienced learning new things together and being stretched. And <clears throat> that's great. Um, but sometimes those new things are not great. Have you ever had like an upgrade situation, maybe at work or something? I remember when I bought my first Mac, I'm a total Mac girl now. Like don't even, if you have having PC problems, I'm like, well, there's your problem. So, <clears throat> but um, um, but <laughs> I used to be a PC girl, and it was funny, I, at my churches that I was on staff at, I was always the person that ended up being the graphics person and stuff, and people were like, why do you not have a Mac with you? You do graphics. I'm like, I don't need it. I have Corel Draw. I, I don't need a Mac, you know, whatever. 
And, um, and so, but one day I'm at home working on my laptop and there was a little puff of sm smoke that came from the laptop <laughs> and a blue screen and then it went dark. I, I'm like, I don't think that's good. I, I think I probably need a new laptop now. And so I decided that it was time to make the switch. So I got a Mac, my first Mac ever. And I was, you know, part of the influence was the guy across the hall from me was a big Mac guy. And he'd been talking to me about how much better my life would be. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll do it. With trepidation, stepped into the world of Mac. And at first, I hated it because I was the kind of person, I wasn't just a casual computer user. I was one of those like, the geeks are gonna know what I'm saying. I was like typing MS config all the time and like going in the back door. Like I knew how to get in there and tweak stuff. I would take apart a computer and put it back together. Like I was all up in the stuff, right? And so I would be talking to my coworker across the hall. I'd yell, Jonathan, you know, how do I? And I'd, I'd call out something that I used to do on the PC. He's like, you don't. You need to stop thinking of it that way. It's a completely different system. And those of you that have made that switch from PC to Mac, you know what I'm talking about. And while that's not the thrust of the message today that you all need to be using Macs, um, <laughs> what I will tell you is I here's what I had to learn. Do you remember when the Mac first came out, their motto was think differently. That was their motto. Um, and so I had to learn to think differently. I had to learn to do things in a completely new way. And it was painful at first, and now I would never go back, not in a million. Uh, you know, because I love it. I, I open it, and it just works. Everything just works. And um, so those of you that have done something like that, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe at your work, you had like a new operating system, or so, and at first it's just, ugh. Or if you've ever changed over like databases, or, or um, even sometimes, you know, moving into a new house. It's great once you're all settled, but that moving process, oof, you know, it's like sometimes you got to, how much do I hate this house? Maybe I'll just stay here, you know, because moving is a big pain in the tuchus, right? And so um, new things can be great, but they can also be super hard because here's the thing. You feel that pinch of the learning curve. You kind of feel the pain of the upgrade because here's the thing. The old, it works until it doesn't work. Right, we, we reach that point of tension where the old was no longer working, but the new is just so hard. And God is a God who, he is all about upgrades, right? God has a lot to say about new seasons, uh, new things, new commandments. He's the one who makes all things new. But it's not always easy. Even when God's doing it, it's not always easy. Jesus talked about this. Let's look at our scripture today. Open your Bibles if you have them. And here's the thing, I brought my paper Bible for Rich. <laughs> it's sitting over there. I'm sorry, Rich. I'm sorry. I have it here because, you know, just I do. So I'm sorry. But I did bring a paper Bible. Um, so Matthew chapter 9, let's look at verses 16 and 17. <clears throat> it says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, I love this. Jesus is in the regular habit of using regular, everyday things to communicate eternal truths, right? Um, but you, like me, probably a wineskin is not a regular everyday thing for you now, 
right? I love when scriptures, when it's like, you know, you're reading it, it's like, of course you all know that, and I'm like, I never knew that, you know, like fungus on walls and like all these weird things in scripture sometimes that speak to life in that century that we have to kind of interpret that. And so, you know, a wineskin, what is a wineskin? It's a container, right? Can you guess what it carries? Yeah, it carries wine. And so to understand this illustration and what Jesus was getting at, and how many of you have ever heard a teaching on this scripture before? Come on, let's be real. Probably most of us, yeah. So we're going to, you know, it might not be anything new, but guess what? You're going to hear another one. Um, and so we're going to maybe come at it a little different angle. Before we get into a new wineskin and an old wineskin, let's think about for a minute. I, was, I got to thinking, well, wine. What's the significance of wine? Did you ever notice wine comes up a lot in scripture? And so I did a little bit of a deep dive on looking at wine in scripture to kind of get a better understanding of what Jesus was getting at. Because I don't believe that he was casual with his choice of words. Do you? I think Jesus is really intentional when he says something. And so I wanted to just look at scripture. And I had already been in my like sort of reading through the Bible. It had stood out to me. Um, how often there was wine and oil and flour. Side note, did you realize how that points to Jesus in all of the Old Testament sacrifices Amen. with the, the flour and the wine? I mean, that's communion. And the oil, that's the Holy Spirit. So anyway, that was just something that stood out to me. But um, going back to this wine and scripture, I came up with four general areas that I feel like, and you might dig deeper and see more, but these were ones that stood out to me that I see wine in scripture. The first one, kind of obvious, celebration, right? Jesus' first miracle, he turned, he made a party better, right? They were running out of wine. He's like, not on my watch. Well, actually, his mom, we all know this story, right? His mom's like, hey, son, get over here. You know, I, I'm sorry. I just made her from New York. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I was going for Jewish, and it went New York. I don't know. I don't know what, what happened there. Just, you know, whatever. Um, so at the wedding of Cana, you know, he makes, uh, he makes wine. You know, he, it's, we have the marriage supper of the lamb. We see wine at, at the festivals. So it's celebration. We also see wine, I already mentioned, we see wine in worship and sacrifice. Um, there were drink offerings. Every time that they would be offering these sacrifices, if you read over and over again, there's a drink offering where the wine is poured out. Again, it's pointing to Jesus. But, you know, worship and sacrifice. We see wine um, for remembrance at all of the feasts that God had set up. And even Jesus at the Last Supper, which we now know as communion, Jesus made sure that one didn't go away. He's like, keep doing this. And as often as you do it, think of me, right? So it's remembrance. It's that communion, which communion, it's communion with him, but it's also communion. It's meant to be together. It's communion of the saints. And then the final one that I see in scripture is I see wine used uh, for healing, with, did you ever, the story of the Good Samaritan? Remember they poured wine, oil and wine, because it was an antiseptic, right? And so I see, you know, the commentaries all agree that that was for that purpose. Wine, uh, it combated infection. Okay, so we got celebration, we got worship and sacrifice, we got communion, and we've got healing. So what does this mean for us? I believe we have an opportunity to be a conduit just like that wineskin, it's a vessel to carry wine. I believe the invitation to the church is to be the invitation and the opportunity to be a conduit of celebration, worship, communion, and healing. 
that we are invited to be a vessel for the new thing that God will pour out if we are willing. Um, that's the thing. You have a choice in the matter. You know, God, his, he's got his new wine he's pouring out. Did you ever notice Jesus doesn't ever just force things on you? Have you ever been like, um, you know, you're in traffic or whatever and you're really irritated? Have you, I don't know about you. I have a hard time manifesting the fruit of the spirit when I'm grocery shopping. <laughs> Anybody else? Where, you know, you're just so irritated. I mean, some of the moments I'm least proud of happened in public in crowds when I was trying to get somewhere in a hurry. And did you ever notice, though, that in that moment, probably, you know, it's probably me, it's probably not you, but in that moment when you're struggling, uh, maybe you're just really irritated, did you ever notice you just all of a sudden, oh, I'm just so patient right now, just like unwillingly, it doesn't just overtake you like a, like a wave on an ocean, you know, oh, I'm all of a sudden just so patient and kind. No, I had to choose that, right? I had to labor, I had to crucify my flesh to manifest any measure of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, right? All of these things, kindness, you know. Um, and so just in that same fashion, just because God wants to pour out a new thing doesn't mean you're automatically going to be a part of it. Because that new thing, what did Jesus tell us? If the new wine is put into an old wineskin, both are going to be ruined. God loves you. He values you more than any program. And he's not going to destroy a person because, you know, so he's patient. He's long-suffering. He'll wait. If you're not ready, he'll wait for the new wineskin. He's not going to just, you know, overtake you like, you know, like, you know, all of a sudden uh, some sort of like a possession, like, oh, ah, I'm being nice and I don't want to, you know. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And we can laugh about that kind of thing, but it doesn't feel funny in the moment, does it? Let's look at this a little more. Let's see where this is going. Um, I think there's a piece to this that we don't want to miss. And if we let's look at this same uh, bit of information from Jesus, the same thing that he's teaching, but in a different account. In Luke chapter 5, he brings out a little something different that I think is really important for us. Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 39. The rest of it kind of sounds familiar. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. Now, okay, if I can be honest with you, um, this verse never made sense to me. I'm like, Jesus, aren't you kind of like selling for the other side right there? Like, doesn't that sound like, he's like, oh, well, nobody wants new wine because the old is better. Like, well, that's kind of, we all know that wine has to age, right? That, that's, and you know, the people who spend a lot of money on really expensive bottles of wine, it's like, oh, this is a 1914 Chateau Le Blanc, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's like, whatever, probably tastes gross. But, um, but you know, everyone would say it's the old wine. is better. And so I always thought, why? Like, it seemed like he was teaching something, and all of a sudden, like, eh, like a hard left. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And so I would never use that verse when I would teach this. 
because I'm like, that, that kind of doesn't reinforce the point. But I was reading some commentaries, um, and it really shed some light on this. And I think it's something that we have to pay attention to, and I think it's a locator on what keeps us in old wineskin. That where he says, for they say the old is better, the original Greek that that was written in, that word better, that breakdown is not like, oh, it's far superior. That's not what it means. It's more of an intonation of, this is fine. This is good. It's a good enough. Now that starts to ring true. Why are you, why are you changing that? We're fine. Why, why would we do that new thing? This works. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. But that's, that's what we do, isn't it? This is fine. We don't need a new thing. No, we're good. It's, and here's the thing. This good enough, good enough is the enemy of the new thing that God wants to do. When you have enjoyed the old, and nothing wrong with having enjoyed the old. Jesus is not condemning somebody because they liked the old wine. But when you have enjoyed the old, you are less likely to be open to the new. Did you ever think about like the children of Israel? You know, what did they have to, they had to wait for a generation to pass before they could take the promised land. And like I said, God is long suffering. He's got, he's got all, literally all the time in the world. He's like, I'll wait. You don't want to be a part of it? I'll wait. Guys, I want to be a part of it. And I am old enough that I'm feeling the pinch of this sometimes. You know, it, it, you feel it. Because, man, we worked hard. We built some things. We knew how to do it. And now we have to go, okay, that doesn't work anymore. We might need to do some things some different ways. Do you, know, do you realize our whole world has changed? These past few years have been crazy. An accelerator of change. So if we are going to be a church where God can pour out his new wine and do what he wants to do. How many know God knows how to reach this new generation? God knows how to reach this world. God is more concerned with reaching this world than any of us are. Our biggest hindrance will be our own selves. How do we make room for the new? Here's the thing. If you remember one thing I say today, you can't move in the new if you're stuck on the old. And I know it's hard. As somebody who spent most of my adult life on staff at churches, um, it's hard because you worked really hard. Like you, you've brainstormed, you've been creative, you've done things. Man, we, we blood, sweat, and tears, and money, and, and you know, and, and I'm thinking like the easy things to point to are like physical building stuff, right? Or um, stage things or whatever. And sometimes we're, we're just real, oh, we worked so hard on that. But, you know, and we were like, think of when you were doing the thing, when you were changing the thing. Last time you were a part of changing something that you were really excited about, the thing you changed it from was somebody else's great idea. <laughs> and sometimes we are holding on to our thing now like it's never going to change. Friends, that's called an idol. And that was not in my notes. <laughs> and so it's in those moments. Here, let me read this to you out of a commentary. It says this. It says, through the centuries, 
old rigid forms could rarely contain the work of the Holy Spirit. Through the generations, God often looks for new wineskins because the old ones won't stretch any further. And it is hard. But if we'll locate what's hard about it, if we can be really honest, it's pride. It's that I think I know best. You young people, you're crazy. You know? This has worked for a lot of years. This is going to work fine. Just, well, you know what? It might not, sweetie. Because there was a point where you had the new idea. Um, new wine requires a new wineskin. Think about that. It, a patch on the old. I want you to think about that in the things that make you mad. <laughs> Because what we want to do is, can I keep most of the way I do it and just kind of patch on this thing? But if we think about it, it like kind of not, you know, I'm not talking about like a specific thing, right? So it makes it easy to say these things. When it comes down to it and we start to feel it, we're like, oh. Um, but, you know, if you think about it, serving Jesus, I mean, that's really the basis of what he's saying here is about the new covenant, right? But when we come to Jesus, it's not like, well, I can, can I just keep my life mostly? Now, some want it to be this way. And actually, a lot of our American church has done it this way. I'm going to keep most of who I am and how I define my values in my life, and I'm just going to kind of patch Jesus right over, oh, right over my heart. Yeah, I'm just going to put a Jesus patch over my heart. See? No. He's like, it can't be a patch. It's a, whole, a new wineskin means it's a whole new way of doing things in a completely new way. And so where does this hit you? What, you know, whatever's making you uncomfortable, whatever you're sitting there going, she better not mention, that's probably what, what he's talking about. <laughs> so, see, I'm the guest. I can come in and say this kind of stuff. Um, but here's the thing. I believe that God gave this word for today um, because I honestly, 100%, I believe that there's a new season that is beginning here. This church is at the precipice and maybe beginning to step through the doorway of a new season. And everybody here gets to be a part of it if you want to. Anybody, and I don't know any situations, so don't even think. AJ was telling her, that. nope, nobody told me nothing. So if this is hitting you between the eyes, blame the Holy Spirit, okay? I just know church folk. I just know church. <laughs> and we get real emotional about it because it's our worship. It's, and we sometimes equate a method with who we're worshiping. And they're very different. We've got to know the difference. Yeah. What, if they, what if they tomorrow said, hey, you know what? We're going to tear down all these flags, and we're going to rip the wood down, and we're going to, you know, I don't know, paint it purple. Please don't. But what if they were, you know, how would you feel about that? What if they said, you know, um, we're going to start singing. I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. Because what if it happens? And then you're going to be like, oh, see, it was Julie. You're going to blame me. Do not paint the sanctuary purple. Okay. Um, but we have everyone who's here, you are invited to be a part of what's going to happen here. Don't think, because I've seen folks kind of as things shift, as things change. And here's the thing. Do we think we're going to have a new season and things not change? If we want different results, we have to do things differently. That's just, I mean, in your life, that applies to every area of life. What do they say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And so, for instance, I've heard it, I have heard it said we'd like to have more teenagers. Well, 
going to have to do some things differently. I don't know what it is. That's not my area, but I know, I know this. I know something's going to have to change. And so sometimes, <clears throat> here's where I'm going with the everybody's invited. Um, sometimes as things start to shift, the enemy will take that opportunity to whisper in your ear, see, they don't care about you. Nobody cares. You're being left out. They don't even, they're not interested in your ideas anymore. And sweetie, maybe they're not interested in your ideas. Can I tell you, when we're sitting around a table talking about how to reach 20-year-olds, you know, I'm not going to bring the big ideas. I know how to reach 20-year-olds in the 80s. Now you get it, but what I, here's what I can do. Here's my role. That doesn't mean I don't have a place at the table. My role is then to help these young people with a fresh idea. Okay, here's some things to consider. How can I help you grow as a leader? How can I pour into you? Nobody's done. You have a place. You just might have to sit in a different chair. But some of us, when our chair gets taken, we get mad and take our toys and go home. Here's the thing. If this church is entering into a new season, here's what I wrote down. <clears throat> what God does in his church flows through his people. You are a vessel, the conduit. The spirit will flow through here at Praise Fellowship. So here's the question of the day. Are you a new or an old wineskin? And I have three questions you can ask yourself to check. Because... Probably most of us don't sit here and think we're an old wine. We're probably most of us are going, oh, I'm a new wine. <laughs> okay, let's ask some questions. Let's see. First question, just three questions. And I would encourage you to write these down because you're not going to remember them. I don't remember them, especially if you're in my age, you're not going to remember them. You know you're not. And if you didn't bring pen and paper, it's okay. I'm going to give you permission. Make a note in your phone and, and write it down that way. Three questions to ask to see if you are a new wineskin. First question, are you staying flexible? Josh Finley, he's a um, pastor and a coach with Elam Fellowship. He wrote this in an article recently. He said, new wine often carries with it the gift of disruption. Think about that. We don't feel, disruption does not feel like a gift at the moment, does it? Like, leave me alone, I was good enough. Here's a question, you know, with it, it, this is all under the category of are you staying flexible? How do you respond to disruption, the unexpected, the new? And I don't mean how do you respond externally, I mean how do you respond internally? Because sometimes we can be nice and say the right thing, but inside we're like, mm, I've been there. Oh my gosh, have I been there? I am famous, I know this about me. My tendency is if there's an idea and it wasn't my idea, my tendency, I'm just going to tell on myself, my tendency is to poo-poo that idea if it wasn't my idea. I hate that about myself, but I know this about myself. And so I know, okay, stop. Let's listen. Let's, mm, Lord Jesus, help me, you know. Um, so how do you respond? Is it, you know, and, and anytime you catch yourself feeling that's not the way we do it. We've never done it that way. That should be like alarm bells going off in your head. And I don't even mean if you said it, if you find yourself thinking it. If you find yourself adopting an internal posture that if it were external, it would kind of look like this. That is old wineskin, old wineskin, old wineskin. Now, 
Does that mean we can never ask questions? Of course not. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Our fresh young leaders need the seasoned leaders to ask the questions. But we ask the questions with the spirit of lifting them up and bringing their dream to pass. And how can I help you bring this to fruition? How can we bring this? Let's take carry it together in prayer to the Lord. Let's, um, let me tell you what I do know about people skills and leadership and things to watch out for. And maybe there's business. Maybe you're helping somebody start a business for the Lord. You know, whatever it is, um, man, we need each other. But let's make sure we're staying uh, flexible. Um, here's the thing on that flexibility note. <clears throat> you know, we talk a lot about submitting in the church, right? Submit to one another. We want to submit to authority, to our leadership. Probably everyone in here would be like, yes, yes, absolutely. I am, I'm a person to submit. Do you realize <clears throat> it's not submission until you don't agree? Yeah. So think about that. It's really easy to submit. If I agree with you, I'm not submitting to anything. I'm just doing what I want to do anyway, and we happen to agree. Good for you. <laughs> Heaven help you the moment that you say something that I think is stupid. Now that's an opportunity to submit. OK, <clears throat> I think you got that point. Moving on. Second question you can ask yourself to see, uh, am I a new wineskin, or am I becoming an old, brittle, inflexible wineskin. Um, are you staying full? Ephesians 5.18 encourages, uh, encourages us to be continually filled with the Spirit of God. You don't want to dry out. That's part of why the wineskin, it gets brittle, because it's like old, dry. Did you ever have something leather that got wet and then dried out? We all know. Like, it's like rock hard, right? And so are you staying full? You have to, here's the thing, a wineskin, is, is the purpose of the wineskin just to hold the wine, end of story? No, no. what's it for? To serve the wine. To serve, the, you're hired, yes. <laughs> to serve the wine, to pour out. You can't pour out what you haven't put in. Though some of us in church, especially, there's some of you, man, you are, and again, nobody has told me nothing, okay? Um, you, some of you, you are the pillar of the church. You're here every time the doors are open. If something needs that, they need volunteers. You're that 20% that's doing everything, okay? You're mostly the ones I'm talking to right now. You have to watch it because you're, where, where the enemy will get you is you'll just get all empty and you're just trying to squeeze out your wineskin now. Like, I know there's another drop in there, you know? And God's like, uh, would you just come and get filled up again? You cannot pour out what you have not put in. How, what fills you up? And these are questions to ask yourself and to know about yourself. And if you don't know these, these are things to go and sit with the Lord and ask him to help you to know it. What fills you up spiritually? What fills you up relationally? And when I say what fills you up spiritually, obviously the church answer is, well, you know, worship, the Bible. I know this. I know this. But some of us connect with God in different ways. And that's okay. Did you ever... You got multiple kids, a lot of you probably. Did you ever, do you relate to every child exactly the same way? No. Um, I have, you know, when I, I did want to mention this, and this is as good a point as any. Um, so when I travel, they're like, do you have a book table? I'm like, well, no, I haven't written any books. But I do have um, some free resources on my website. And one of them is this, um, I'll show up in your email box. Ten, it's called 10 Days Closer to God. 
And I'm saying this because if you're not sure how you connect best with God spiritually, if your spiritual life has gotten a little dry and routine and boring, it should not be boring when you're meeting with the creator of the universe, um, then maybe there's some, maybe you just need to introduce some new practices. And so in this 10 days closer to God um, email series, I, every day we're uh, engaging a different practice. Some of them might be for you. Some of them you might be like, I didn't enjoy that at all. That, that didn't work for me. But you might discover something new, a new way to, um, it's, it's juliebeater.com. It's right there, free resources. So anyway, but what fills you up spiritually? What fills you up relationally? You know, are you an introvert and you need to go be alone and be quiet? That's legit. Are you like me and you're an extrovert and you get depressed if you're alone too much? Okay, you need to go be with some people. What fills you up mentally, emotionally, physically? God made you a whole person. And if you don't fill up, you're going to run dry. You cannot pour wine out of an empty wineskin. And the third question, so it's are you staying flexible? Are you staying full? The third question, what pours out of you? <clears throat> you can tell that by listening to your words. James chapter 3, verses 9 to 12 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You ever been ashamed of your own words? With your, uh, don't raise your hands. <laughs> Especially, you know, what does scripture say? Uh, the one, who, um, this is a Julie paraphrase, but the one who talks a lot, like you're going to have to eat your own words, yeah. Um, man, my words probably get me in trouble more than anything because I'm a talker. God made me a talker. And he uses it for his glory, but also I've got to submit that to his, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. And so it's, a, it's to check ourselves, you know, what, listen to your own words. Sometimes it's hard to hear your own words. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes what you need to do is look at other people listening to your words. Do people, when they see you, do they kind of go the other way? I mean, when, when somebody's with you, do they feel closer to God afterward or further? After someone's been with you, do they feel built up or torn down? These are things to check. Because our words, they shouldn't be that mixed, right? And I wrote here, you need to watch out in your wineskin. You need to watch out for contaminants so your wine doesn't get bitter. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Our words are a really good indicator of what's really going on in here. And sometimes, sometimes some of us, again... If you're not as big of a talker as I am, it might be the words that are going in your head. So it's between you and the Holy Spirit to know what that is. But when you find yourself thinking things that are bitter and negative, that might be an opportunity. Whoa, God, what is in there? Get to the throne. Get it taken care of. 2 Timothy 2.21, it says this. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, this is out of the ESV, just, oh, it's up there, great. Um, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. I want to be useful and ready, don't you? Yeah. 
And so this, and here's one thing I'm so thankful. You know, it says if anyone cleanses himself, and there is a part that we have to play, but God is so good that actually the cleansing happens when I go to him and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Search my heart. Know my thoughts. Would you reveal to me the intentions of my heart that are wicked? Show me my pride, God. And, and boy, he is so helpful. You know, the spirit of the Lord is the candle of, uh, or I'm sorry, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all of the inward parts. He will point out to you the things that are getting in the way. You can be a new wineskin. Even if I have done nothing but make you mad today. Friend, you, it's not too late for any of us. You can be a new wineskin. And here's why it matters. Because don't you want to know, well, why? Why should I do this? The work that God does in you and among you is not just for you. You are a vessel to pour out, not a storage tank. You aren't the source, but you are a vessel. And as the vessel, you get some on you. Here's the thing. This water bottle, when I'm thirsty, or earlier I was drinking coffee. I'm a big coffee fan. I, your coffee bar is amazing. I loved it. I was like going on and on how great it is over there. Um, but when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, and I do, anybody really picky about what cup you use? I mean, that's real. That's real. And, you know, it's, you know, it has to be the right cup for my mood that day. Okay? Yeah. This is real. So I pick out my coffee cup, the right one for that day, and I put my coffee in. Now, I did pick it in pur on purpose for my um, mood that day, but when I'm drinking the coffee, I'm not thinking, boy, that's a good cup. I'm thinking, that's good coffee. And here's the thing. You're a vessel of the work that God wants to do. And it's not you that's going to bring the healing and the comfort and the celebration and the communion. But as a vessel, that cup, it's in contact with that coffee. It's got coffee all over it. And so you, you get to be a part of the work. This is why it matters. By making sure you stay flexible and you're staying full, and by paying attention to what you're pouring out, you are doing your part to ensure that there will be a free flow of God's new wine of celebration, worship, communion, and healing in this church. And it will be enough to satisfy every thirsty soul, including you. Um, as I was praying about this message, uh, I really felt, when I knew that Jordan was going to be here today, I really, I, I kind of had an impression, and then I sat with it some more in prayer, and this morning, just as I was talking to AJ about it, making sure it would be okay, I just felt that, mmm, like, yeah, we need to do this. Um, would you three guys, would you come up here? Rich, Jordan, and AJ. Um, this, no, no, just stand right here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You, you could be a wineskin, yeah. Um, you are a wineskin, dude. Um, I need you guys to know this is really unusual. God is doing something 
Well, <laughs> no. But this, this team of leaders, um, this teamwork approach, this is a different, this is a new thing. This is, I believe it's a kingdom thing. I'm not saying every church has to do this. I don't think, I think anytime we make something into a law, we lose the magic of it. We lose the power of it. Um, I'm looking for, you know, I was reminded this morning at the end of worship, um, Ecclesiastes chapter four, right? A three, four cord is not easily broken. And the strength in this right here. So God is already doing something new in this house. And I wanted to give this opportunity for you right now to rise up and receive that new wine, that portion of the new wine. And can we just speak a blessing and pray over these guys um, for the task that lay ahead? Um, I believe it's no accident that, um, I mean, I'm, I know the circumstances, but that I would be here this day with Jordan here. And it's just, God works all things together. And... Um, <clears throat> I would like us to stand right where you are. And if you feel led, um, I don't know who the leaders are in this house. If you feel led, um, actually, can I get their wives to come be with them? Yes. Because the two are one. It's not two for one, but the two are one. That's a different thing. Um, if you feel led, would you just come and um, just put your hands on their shoulders, just come surround them. Um, let's just speak a blessing over them. Let's invite God to pour out his new wine in us, in this place, in his people, in his leaders. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to back up so you all can get right in there. Yeah. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in this house. We thank you, Father, that you are the God who pours out the new wine, that you are the God who, you are the God of all things new. You are the one who raises up and puts down. And Father, we come to you and we come to you and say, God, help us to stay flexible. Help us to stay filled. Help us, God, to be careful, very careful what we're pouring out. Father, thank you for this new thing that you are doing in this house. I pray an anointing um, of grace, uh, uh, even an increased um, uh, mindfulness of your presence, of the leading of your spirit on these leaders. Um, Father, I thank you for grace on their homes, grace on their families, grace on this church this body, the Holy Spirit, every single thing that you have pointed out in us that needs to change, thank you that you give us the grace to change it. Thank you that you give us the grace to lay down things we have held as sacred. Thank you that you give us the grace to hear your voice and to follow you into new seasons and new things. Father, help us to never, ever, ever attempt a new thing without you. God, you, that you would be the one who is glorified, that this is not a place where one person is made famous. This is a place where only you, Jesus, are made famous. Father, have your way in this house. I speak your blessing. I speak your anointing. I speak the fruition of every promise in this place, in this circle, over these lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Y'all stay, stay around them.
I mean, not right now. You can, you can go back to your seat. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They start, they're like, okay, y'all are so obedient. You're so obedient. But, you know, this is different. And how many think um, that this is going to be perfect with no bumps in the road at all? Let me just dispel that. Anything new, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be opportunities. There's going to be bumps in the road. When that happens, just remember, it's a new season. Amen. It's a new thing. I'm going to be a new wineskin. Jesus, flow. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Thank you, God. Glorify God. Yeah.